Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yeah, well, good morning. Good to see everyone today. Yeah. Hey, welcome. My name is Pastor J.F. Wilkerson, and my wife and I have the absolute privilege and honor to uh, be the co-senior pastors here at Church for All Nations. So if, if this is your first time or maybe you came with a friend, thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We are honored uh, that you take some time out. And all of those of you in here that call this place your home, welcome back. Good to see everybody. Uh, did you have a good week? Anyone have a good week in here? Good week. Some of you had a good week. Yeah. How many of you had kind of like a, it was all right week, just kind of like, uh, it's like, uh, whatever. All right, no show of hands. How many of you just had, it was, it was just a terrible week? Raise your hand right now. No. Oh, some of you, yeah, okay, okay. Well, whatever kind of week you had, my grandfather used to open up every sermon with this, whatever type of week you had, it's a brand new week. And aren't you grateful for that? Brand new Sunday, start over. So it's a good thing. Hey, uh, man, I want you to know one thing. This is a church that prays. Did you know that? We're a praying church. We believe in the power of prayer. We have seen supernatural, literally miracles take place in families in this church, in people's marriages in this church, in people's health. And we've seen cancer go in the name of Jesus right here at Church for All Nations. And so if you need prayer, I want you to, to, to join with us. Scripture is very clear that, there's, there's, that, that your prayers are more powerful when you do it with somebody else. And there's more than one or two in here, right? And so join with us in this prayer thing. I was thinking about even prayer this morning. I was reminded of, of the man that came down for prayer after the service. And he went up to the pastor and he said, Pastor, would you just take some time and pray for my hearing? Would you pray for my hearing? And the pastor said, oh, absolutely. I'll pray for your healing. And he, he took his hands and kind of squinted his eyes and he, and he just went wham right in the guy's ears. And he said, in the name of Jesus, name above every other name, the stripes that you bore on your back, Jesus, for our healing, in the name of Jesus, we just pray that his ears will open up and his hearing will be healed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he kind of shook his hand out his head like that. And he's like, Dad. And then he said, all right, sir, tell me how your hearing is. And he said, well, pastor, it's not until eight o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> That's a, that's a, it's good delivery though, right? Dumb joke, man. We can have a little fun in here, can't we? Right? Oh, man. Let me ask a question. How many of you in this room, how many in this room, have, have you ever heard this line before? The reason why that fill-in-the-blank happened in the world is because we live in a fallen world. How many of you, have you ever heard that, someone say that to you? Like maybe, you know, we, we, we've got kind of a, an epidemic of mass shootings in our country over the past five years or so. And, you know, why did that happen, pastor? Why did that happen, Jesus follower? Well, it happened because the reality is we live in a fallen world. We, we live in a world where the enemy is at work. We live in a world where there is this thing called sin. 
And that phrase, many of you know what that means. We live in a fallen world. Some of you are like, I don't really get it. What that phrase is, 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 is trying to, to transfer over is that we as humanity, we sinned and we strayed away from God's original plan. We made our own choice to divert away from the original intention that God had for his creation, you and I, from the very beginning. Let me just, uh, what if I described it like this? Let's pretend that God's original plan of constant communion, a never-ending, uninterrupted relationship with you, his creation, in the Garden of Eden, let's just pretend that instead of it being the Garden of Eden, it was the most beautiful, over-the-top, extravagant, private jet. Are you with me? I'm not talking about Spirit Airlines or commercial and none of this stuff. You got all kinds of leg room on this airplane, all right? It's a private jet. You can sleep on it. There's hot tubs in there. Pretty sure Chick-fil-A's on there. I mean, it's perfect, right? And God's there. And the plan is for you to hang out in this private. It's got all kinds of floors on it. And you got your own suite. I'm telling you. Get it? Is it in your mind? Do you have it in your mind? Okay. God's original plan. The Garden of Eden. God living in, in, in constant communion, right? And, 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 but for you, it's, it's, it's this, this, I'm going with this illustration. So you got to stick with me through the whole sermon. All right. This pride. And there you are. You're with God. And the only requirement that God had for you and for me was to simply love him. That's it. Did you know that God's original plan was for humanity to live in perfection? And the only requirement was for us to simply respond to how good he is to us through love. And, and how many of you know that connected to love, there's worship, there's obedience, there's devotion, right? Some of you have been married for a long time. You know what I'm talking about. And so God says, God says, just, you just got to love. How many of you know that at the very beginning, through Adam and Eve, that ended up infecting all of us, Sin entered the world because we decided not to love him back. We decided to step to the edge of that private jet, open the sliding door, right? And leap out of that perfect setup, spiraling out of control in through the air. This is the picture of the fall, falling into sin. But you should know that God's original plan was never for you to get off that airplane. But you also should know that any legitimacy to love, free will must be present. God did not create us as robots. Oh, I worship you. I love you, God. No, no, no. He created humanity and he inserted us with this thing called free will and he gave us a, a decision to love him back. But the decision we made was to jump out of his perfect setup for us, spiraling out of control, falling into sin. But how many of you know that 
the God of the universe, knew that we would make that decision and that he loved us so much that he supplied us with something to save us from ourselves, to save us from sin, to save us from death. He actually strapped on our backs a parachute of sorts. And this parachute that he strapped on our backs represents his grace. It represents salvation. It represents everything Jesus did for us on the cross. And so right before we jumped out, he slapped this puppy on each and every one of ours back. And the only requirement that he said of us to activate the parachute. Look at this cool thing I got over here. Look at this. It's like a Viet Cong old school looking parachute, man. This is cool. My friend uh, David was, uh, was uh, in special forces. And I called him. I said, I need, I need like a parrot. He was like, I'm on it, pastor. So there's your parachute right there. But, but God said the only requirement is for you, JF, to pull the ripcord. You have to access this grace. You have, to, you have to access this parachute, this grace thing. And how do you do that? Scripture says by simply believing in Jesus, accepting all that he did. And the moment you do that, that parachute inflates. It, it, it just whoosh. Some of you have seen a, a parachute, like the dude just spiraling and all of a sudden, whoosh, and boom. And, 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 and I love this picture. We are caught up in his saving grace. Do you, do you like that picture today? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you walked in this place and you said, yeah, I remember 10 years ago, I was so addicted to that chemical. I remember walking, I was, my marriage was on the road. I, I was spiraling out of control and something took place, man. And I, and I realized that I, had, I, had, I always had the answer. It was Jesus. And in that moment, you pulled that rip, whoosh, and that thing just opened right up. And today, you're just floating, right? I'm not saying it's perfect. It's windy out there. You know what I'm talking that sin's blowing all around you, but man, you're secure because you're strapped in to the pack, the parachute of grace. It's a beautiful thing here. And today, we're starting this new series on the book of Galatians. And I'm so excited about it because Galatians, Paul's just like waxing elephants, man, about the grace and the love of Jesus, everything that he did for you. He's reiterating it to this group of, 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 of newer converts in Galatia. Give you a little bit of context there. Turkey, think Turkey, okay? It's Asia Minor. And, 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 and he's reassuring them that this saving grace, this gospel, that parachute is good enough. It's the theme, really of this entire book. And so we're going to be unpacking it for the next several weeks. And so if you're taking notes, this is the title of today's sermon. Are you ready? It's really good. It's Galatians 1. <laughs> so just, just write that down because next week it's going to be Galatians 2. All right. It took me a long time to really get that. So if you have your Bibles, open to Galatians chapter 1. All right. Paul is talking to the church of Galatia about this way of salvation that God made for them, which translates to us. 
Now, this was a, this was a more context here. The church in Galatia, majority of them came from a pagan background. Uh, Gentile, meaning non-Jewish. There was some Jews mixed in the bag there, but it was a, um, these were like new, like baby Christians, if you will, just to give you a modern context so you can have something to relate it to. Here's what the scripture says, and we'll talk about it. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself. Say, gave himself. And now if, if you just walk around with a yellow highlighter, highlight gave himself. Because this is, there's an underlying theme all throughout this book. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us. That parachute, get, get, get that picture back in your head. To rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever Amen. He gave himself for our sins. This is how he made the way of salvation for us. And in explaining this to this group of people in Galatians, Paul speaks specifically to three different groups of people dealing with three separate issues. Okay, so think about this. So he's writing to this church Maybe it looks kind of like this. In fact, this is churches, so it's probably multiple fellowships, many different campuses, if you will. And he's identifying three separate types of people that have responded to the gospel that he delivered to them personally. And they're reacting to it in three different ways. All right, so here's the first one. If you're taking notes, write this down. Some that desert the gospel. Some that desert the gospel. Now get ice cream and cake out of your minds, all right? Not desert like that, like, like turn their back on it. Walk away from it. Leave it. Paul, Paul ident- was identifying people in this church that were leaving the gospel that he had preached to them. So, so they had accepted it, and now they're like, no, nah, I'm good, Right? They're walking away from it. And the underlying theme of the book of Galatians is you are saved through grace and not through your works or your religious activities. Now, let me ask the question, are good works okay? Is that a good thing? I think the book of James is pretty clear that faith without it is dead. So good works are important, But good works isn't what saves you. It's not what heals you. It's not what restores you. It's all of that. Jesus already took care of that for you on the cross, right? Your good works have nothing to do with that. We'll talk about good works later on because they're very, very important. But the church in Galatia is struggling to accept this. They're struggling because, for, for, for various reasons, they, they, they feel like the gospel that Paul has presented to them isn't 
enough. They're having a problem accepting this. Now look what Paul says. Now he's starting to get fired up because he just invested so much into this group. And look what he says because he's hearing rumblings in the church of what's going on. He's saying, some of, some of you are just leaving the gospel. And look what he writes here. He says, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. So they're leaving the gospel that Paul presented and they're pursuing something else. And Paul says, what you're pursuing isn't even the gospel whatsoever. The question is, what does it look like to desert the gospel? What does it look like to leave? If we go back to that illustration of the parachute, it really looks like the person who receives Jesus, who accepts the grace of God, who accepts salvation. How many of you, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but some of you can remember the day that you accepted Jesus and how exciting that was and what an, what an overwhelming, just emotional and just like, like you, you, you felt yourself just sink down into the security of those straps and the parachute. And he was like, yeah, and it was so awesome. And then like on Thursday, you had to go back to work. And your colleagues said, we heard some news. <laughs> and that moment started what Jesus talked about in the New Testament where he says, hey, friends, disciples, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And as a follower of Jesus, you began to feel pushback on your newfound faith. You started, here it is, you started to get a little uncomfortable. How many of you know that being a follower of Jesus, there's times where you're going to feel uncomfortable for various reasons. One reason is that you're not pursuing your own will, you're pursuing his will for you. That can be uncomfortable at times. Another reason, like I just mentioned, there's going to be people that aren't for you anymore. Some of you are sitting in this room and, and your own family members have turned their back on you. You talk about feeling uncomfortable. And I see it a lot, and it breaks my heart. When this starts happening to people, there's some people that they start, they start to feel uncomfortable, right? They, they've put this new pack on, and they, they swoof, right? They sunk down in that, in that parachute. It felt good at first. Oh, oh my, I was spiraling out of control, man. The wind was coming. I was panicking. I knew I was going to be flat on the ground in just a matter of seconds, but all of a sudden, I pulled that ripcord, whoosh, and I, oh, oh, I'm saved, right? But how many of you know that the wind all around you didn't just stop? All the pushback, man. And sometimes as you're hanging in that parachute, then storms arise and it gets a little uncomfortable. And I've seen it far too many times that that person starts feeling uncomfortable. They start rationalizing. They start thinking, maybe, you know what? This is uncomfortable. And maybe if I took off this pack, this parachute, this grace, maybe if I just removed it, Maybe if I flap my arms as hard as I can, I've seen birds do it. If I just flap my arms really hard in the air, 
I'll be just fine. And so I've seen it far too many. Someone says yes to Jesus. And two years later, I hear that they've, they've, they, they've deserted the gospel. They took off the pack because they thought, hey, I can save myself. And how many of you know that doesn't work? And they, they, they abandon the one thing that actually saved them from the very beginning, right? They just went whoosh, and they're out there flat, and they spiral out of control. And Paul, he sees this happening in this church, and he says, no, I'm astonished. I'm blown away. I feel so bad. Why are you, why are you walking away from this gift of God? I, I, love, I love how he, he even explains it in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through nine. By the way, we're gonna do a series on Ephesians. I was wrestling, which one do we do first? We'll be at Ephesians, let me give you a little, here's a little nug from, from Ephesians chapter two. It says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. This isn't, this isn't you, keep it on. Don't remove it and flap your arms. You can't save yourself. He says, not from yourself, it's the gift of God not by works so that no one, no one can boast. I was talking to a buddy of mine. He's, a, oh, he's, he's now retired, but he was a jumper in the first special forces group airborne. And we got a lot of military folks in our church, don't we? Aren't you grateful for that? So good. I honor everyone for your military service. But this is a good buddy of mine. He was a, he was a jumper. I, I mean, I can't even begin to think about doing that. I'm so afraid of heights. And these guys jumping out of, oh my word, thank God for our military. Um, but he was taking me through some of the protocols of the jumping process out of these aircrafts, right? How many of you know that you, you got to get it right the first time? You know what I mean? <laughs> so there's this whole process. <laughs> and they go through all these checks and balances. And then he said, those are all important. And we're, and our instructors, you know, he goes, but the real, the real essence and the real thing that we have to really be aware of is when you jump, your natural instinct is to flail around. Like, I've never jumped out of a plane. Some of you have. But apparently when you jump out, you start to kind of, especially the first time, you kind of panic, right? And he said, you have to be very aware, now watch this, not to maneuver, maneuver your body in a way that compromises the functionality of the parachute. Are you with me? Here it is. You have to trust that the parachute is going to do what our government spent millions and millions and millions of dollars investing in, right? Make sure you have to trust it and know it's going to work when you pull that ripcord and you have to be still. I have to be still. John 3, 16, what does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, what is it? Believe. Whoever believes. We talked about it last week that that word believe has so much more meaning in the Hebrew and the Greek than it does in our, in, in our modern day languages. That, that, that word belief in the ancient world means more to trust. It's action. So whoever trusts in him, whoever, whoever, whoever is, is secure and, and, and linked into the parachute shall not perish but have eternal life. Who trusts in the Lord? The question is, do you trust 
in your parachute? Are you trusting in your salvation today or are you removing it and trying to save yourself? Here's the second group of people and that was those that distort the gospel. Those that desert the gospel, but here's another group, those that distort the gospel. Let's keep reading in the text here. Galatians 1, the second part of verse 7. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion. They're trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. These were Judaizers. But even if we are an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse, exclamation mark. Now, that's... Seems, he seems kind of upset. Let them, there's, there, there's, a, there's people that are trying to confuse you. And Paul's saying, beware. <laughs> uh, those folks, man, if, you, if, 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 they're, if they're swaying you in any way, let them be under the curse of God. And I was thinking even about this today, you know, this person, back to this, this illustration here of the pack. You know, this, this, this is the person, those that distort the gospel, confuse the gospel. This is the person who's accessed the pack. They pulled the ripcord. And, and this is the, 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 the person that in midair, they begin to think to themselves and question themselves and they say, you know what? I feel like I got to do some more to earn God's love. I feel like this isn't enough. There's got to be more here. And so in midair, they, well, they go and they grab their religion. They go and they grab their penance. They go and they grab their works to help out in the saving process right? Maybe you've walked in here today and the only reason why you're here is because last night you did some embarrassing things. You feel bad about it. And so you're here today simply to get God to smile on you, simply to get him to love you just a little bit more, simply to have something that helps in the saving of your party and soul, right? So we, cl we clip it on. You're already, you're already saved. You're already saved, man. Nah, I don't know. I really screwed up last night and ah, I got to put on some penance right there. Or, or, or maybe, maybe you're, you're here today or, or this week. You said, man, I haven't, I haven't contributed uh, to World Vision in a while, you know? I feel like, you know, I just got to earn some of more God's, you know, love. And so you, you hang that on there too. And, and you're giving out of a heart of penance versus just simply responding to the grace and the love that he's already provided for you. The reason why you're here today, maybe, maybe this is going to help someone out today. The reason why you should be here today and the reason why so many of you are here today is because you're simply responding to the gift that he gave you. It's like, Lord, 
I got to get there. I'm just, I'm so full of you and I want to be around other people that are worshiping you. And it's just a response to this gift called grace, right? We're going to receive our tithes and offerings in just a couple of minutes here. Don't, don't give out of, out of compulsion or penance whatsoever. If that's you, keep it. I don't, we don't need it, man. Right? We, Jesus said, I want, I want, I want you to be cheerful. I don't want you to give out of compulsion. I want you to give because you've experienced my Holy Spirit. And it's just a, it's just a response of worship, man. So many people, they end up distorting this gospel. And Paul's speaking directly to it. They add all these types of requirements. And in that ancient world, in that church, man, there was people saying, hey, uh, <laughs> Uh, pastor, uh, senior pastor of Galatia, uh, you know, uh, I really feel like the men need to get circumcised. <laughs> you you want to uh, you want to split a church right now? We can split this church right now by just simply saying, "Hey guys, we all got those of you who aren't circumcised. It's going to happen right in the lobby after here, right?" <laughs> you would all just be like, "I'm going to Puyallup Foursquare or whatever." You know what I mean? Like, and so. And so what was happening in this, in this, in this church was there, there was, there was, there was, hey, you need to, you should go do, go straight kosher now. You can't, all this, in fact, this is kind of a rabbit trail, but Peter himself, Peter himself were, was, was being um, affected by the whispers and the voices. Peter, you're sitting at a table with Gentiles who are, are, are con converted to Jesus and, and man, they're not following our strict law. And Peter was even like, Maybe they're right. This was like Jesus's like roll dog, man, like, like his wingman. And he himself, how many of you know that every once in a while, religion can start creeping back into even those who are the closest to Jesus that we know, right? And, and Paul gets so upset about this, he actually goes to Peter and just takes him out behind the barn. He says, man, most of these people aren't even Jewish. <laughs> right? Those that confuse those that distort this gospel. Did you know that just a one definition of a cult is anything added or subtracted to the Holy Scriptures? And we know some groups out there that have done that, right? They, they've distorted the purity. And here's the word. It's, it's not even the right word, but it is the word. The simplicity of the saving grace of Jesus. You don't, let me say it, man. I feel uncomfortable I, even, I said it in the first service. I even feel uncomfortable about what I'm, what I'm about to say. To, to be saved, all you have to do is believe. All you have to do is say, yes, I accept it. Some of you have been paying spiritual penance for all these years. You've beaten yourself up because you feel like what Jesus, you won't say this, but your life is saying, what you did on the cross for me, Jesus, isn't enough. You want to slap Jesus in the face? Say that. That you gotta, you gotta add to your salvation. Now, what are you saying? Are you saying, Pastor, I can just live however I want and do just no, that's not what I'm saying whatsoever. No, 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 no. If you've had a real encounter with Jesus, you begin to get closer to him. And what happens when you get close to anybody or any group or any substance or any job or any whatever, you start to look like those people or things. And so as you get closer to the Messiah, you naturally 
start looking more moral. Right? Accept it today. I'm going I'm gonna, to I'm gonna ask if anyone wants to receive this parachute today in a few minutes. I'm not going to make any of you come down here and do 60 push-ups. Right? <laughs> or say 48 prayers. You don't have to do any of that. Okay? Those that distort the gospel. We have to be very aware of this. Very aware of this. And, and those of us that have been walking with the Lord for so long, we need to be careful. Every once in a while, a religious spirit can slide in. It happens to me all the how dare her do that? I mean, some of that kind of, you know what I mean? Like that can get in, and it's like, oh, I'm better than, oh. Paul says, get that out of your life whatsoever. You've done nothing to receive other than to accept what Jesus did for you. Here's the last one as the band comes back. That is some that deny the gospel. Some that deny the gospel. Go back to the text. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. These are the people that never even access the parachute. They, they never even accept what the Father has provided through his Son, Jesus Christ, whatsoever. They just completely deny it. Or, or maybe, as Paul said here, these are the people that choose to just live their lives preaching a different gospel. Or maybe they live their lives trying to please everybody else instead of God. This was Paul, the first 40 years of Paul's life. This, this, was, this was his pursuit. His, he'll, he would say that he is pursuing the things of God, but he was really pursuing the approval of the people around him. And it turned him into Osama bin Laden. It, tur into an, he, it, it turned Paul into an actual terrorist to the point where he was not just person, he was executing followers of Jesus to win the approval of man. And, and Paul, this, this is, I, you know, I wish I could just hear him saying this because I'm sure this was very close to him, right? Am I trying to win the approval of man? No. I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. You say, some of you are denying that you ever even had this experience for so many reasons. And I encourage you today, church in Galatia, church in Parkland. Don't allow the outside forces to get to you, get you to a point of denying who Jesus really is in your life. Don't deny it. Don't deny it tonight, this, this morning. This gospel is pure. It's simple, but complex at the same time. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.